0: Welcome to the UMB Pulse. I'm Charles Shelley, Senior Media Relations Specialist for the University of Maryland, Baltimore, and your host for this program. With me, I have my two colleagues, Director of Integrated Marketing, Dana Rampola, and Senior Media Relations Specialist, Jenna Frick. Hey. Hi, Charles. Hello. Hi, Jenna. We'll get to introductions in a second, but what is the UMB Pulse all about? Well, this podcast is a way to stay up to date on all the changes and the return to campus guidance. It's also a way to get back in touch with the heartbeat of UMB after a year of disruption.
1: Every episode, we'll have special guests on The Pulse to talk about how they navigated working and learning through the quarantine. And also we'll have them tell us what's happening as we start back to campus. During this transition, we're all learning and adjusting. So our guests will be able to help give us words of wis- wisdom that will help inspire
2: and excite everyone to get back to campus. Uh, Although Return to Campus is a big part of the UMB Pulse, this podcast will also serve as a way to learn more about everything happening here at UMB. Keeping your finger on the pulse, so to speak. We have so many amazing programs, projects and professionals here on campus, and we already have a really great guest list of people scheduled to come on for you this summer, and we are very excited to bring them to you.
0: Definitely. So We are also very excited that you are tuning in to our very first podcast episode. We'll be putting this out every other Thursday. You can find them on the UMB YouTube channel and at slash pulse. And we're using Buzzsprout to help distribute to Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, wherever. You want to listen to us.
1: So for our inaugural episode, we want to give you some food for thought. <laughs> you get my little pun there, food for Very thought. Nice. I love to cook, I love to eat, and I love to talk about food. We'll be talking about where you can grab a bite to eat on campus, what the latest guidances are on food in the office, and even what you need to know
2: about food at events. But first, why don't we start off by introducing ourselves with a segment called Introduce Yourself. So for this segment, what we're going to do is we're going to play a little game called Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, Pretty self-explanatory. We're going to go around. You tell us two truths and a lie about yourself. And we're just going to go ahead and try and guess what it is.
1: So who wants to go first? Charles, why don't you go first? Yeah,
0: you started us off, so. Pressure. So much pressure. (laughs) Um, Okay. Number one, I personally know the guy who came up with the catchphrase, boom goes the dynamite. What? Number two, are we going to like test ourselves after each one? Or do you want to hear all three? No, hear all three. Okay. Uh, the second one, I've actually played ice hockey with people who are in the um, Hockey Hall of Fame. Ooh,
2: that's yeah. pretty impressive. Like the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> he
0: wasn't on the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> okay. and I think, well, someone, one of them might have been. I'm not sure. Oops, uh, so I'll, I guess
2: that's the truth. We'll have to
0: figure that one out. Um, and I've been to another hockey related one. I've been to every NHL arena.
2: Hmm. I think the last one is the lie. I think you've been to a lot of them, but not every single one.
1: Yeah. I think I'm with you, Jenna. Only because that first one I was hesitant, but that's so quirky. It sounds like that would
0: be you, Charles. (laughs) I
2: know it's, it's it's almost like too specific and random that it can't be a lie.
0: (laughs) You're right. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. So I've, I've been to a lot of arenas. Um about half of them.
1: That's pretty good. So, so is your goal to get to all of them?
0: Absolutely. So I'm hoping to go to Seattle this coming year. That's the expansion team. Ooh. Get the kraken
2: fun, fun. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Do you want to hear the, about the others? Yeah. <laughs> <Like, what? laughs>
2: yeah. Please <laughs> tell us what is the boom goes the dynamite thing? Please expand on that.
0: Well, Jenna, I don't know if you remember, but there was a time before YouTube. <laughs> e Bomb World.
2: Oh, I know (laughs) E-bombs. I'm not that young. Come on, Charles.
0: (laughs) So actually, this was when YouTube first started uh, coming along. So I I was um, attending college at Ball State University, and uh, Brian Collins lived on my floor in my uh, dormitory. And he would stop by. We would talk uh, here and there. I didn't know him that well, but I knew him personally. He lived in the room right across um, around the corner, and we talked to my roommate all the time. And he was on a live telecast, student telecast of news. They would, we would do it live Mm. there. And um, he had to sub in for sports because nobody else showed up and he was a freshman and he had a very difficult time getting through it and just like stumbled, was silent. It was, it was very cringe and you felt bad for him. But then he redeemed himself on a Pistons Pacers highlight And he said, and he passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom, goes the dynamite. And he just nailed it.
1: Wow. And he redeemed
0: himself, and it went viral. It was like one of the first kind of big viral videos. He went on David Letterman, CBS, this morning. I I wrote articles about him and talked to him. He had a very difficult time through it, Um, but he redeemed himself. He... Had had a story. Someone actually tried to copyright his catchphrase and write it on a T-shirt. I discovered that. I wrote a report on it. You're kidding! He oh, was oh a freshman gosh. in college. In the south. Yeah. So it was really great because he wound up inspiring change at the university. Like we should actually, you know, pro- provide training to, or teleprompters to get oh, your feet wet
1: before good. going on here. Poor guy. Great. He took one for the team.
0: Yeah. And years later, all these years later, there's a huge Wikipedia entry on this. By the way, you've had like Will Smith see it at the Oscars. It's been on Family Guy, Sports Center. Oh my god. It's been yeah. in pop culture now. For Forward with like, a good thirteen years or so now, it's still going. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was actually on Tosh Point for Web Redemption a few years ago. No
2: way. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, he's, oh, that's cool. Yeah.
1: and you knew him when.
0: Yeah, I knew him when.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty cool.
0: Um, the hockey Hall of Famer. I <laughs> I didn't know this until after the game. So I I lived in Florida for a little bit, and uh, I subbed in as a goaltender on the team. And after the game. They're like, do you know who your defenseman was tonight? I said, no. I was like, you look pretty good. <laughs> it's like, Steve Shutt, And I was like, who's that? I'm a huge hockey fan. Did but this, you say
1: shut the shut, door? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I shut the door.
0: Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he, before my time, he's like, Steve Shutt, Montreal Canadiens. He's won like five Stanley Cups and won like, he scored like 60 goals in a season. I was like, oh, my God. He was a, he was a forward in the National Hockey League, but he was played defense that night. and still played with a wood stick and just looked tremendous. He retired down there d- and runs horses, like polo horses, with another Hall of Famer, Larry Robinson, okay. who lived That's in the fun. area. So,
2: Wouldn't it have been so fun funny if he was, like, really terrible and you were just, like, <laughs> right, jeering right. at him the whole time, like, come <laughs> on, pick it up, What's exactly. are doing? <laughs> Turns out he was, like, yeah. this really famous Hall of Famer guy. Right,
0: yeah, like you would have <laughs> known.
1: That is fun. Well, we know a little more about Charles now. Do you want me to go next? Yeah, go for it, Dana. All righty. So my first fun fact is that I used to joust, which is Maryland State Sport. Mm. And my family was actually called the first family of jousting because all of us in the family jousted. Mm. Second little tidbit, which if my children listen to this will be shocking to them. We actually have five children. My husband and I have been married for over 30 years. We never allowed our kids to get tattoos. We kind of thought, you know, if you have money to spend on tattoos, then you can be paying your own car insurance or your own phone bill. (laughs) So it was one of the family rules, no tattoos. Well, little did they know that I actually have a very small tattoo in a very inconspicuous place. Because when I was in college, I was a huge marine bio fan. I was a bio major. And there's a little tattoo that they don't know about because of where it's located they so now. they do now and it is you guessed it it's a ah, dolphin okay yeah.
2: so I guess that's one of the truths. <laughs>
1: yeah. my senior thesis was on dolphin echolocation. and simple fact number three I don't drink coffee or tea I can't stand hot drinks I don't like even the smell of coffee so everybody who comes in the office in the morning you know they've got their cup of coffee their cup of cup of tea I'm like oh please just don't even bring that near me
0: Huh.
2: Okay, I I think the first one is a lie. Okay.
0: I I feel like, yeah, that would have to be because you have orange juice beside you. I'm just basing it off of that.
1: Okay, well, you're all wrong. I don't drink coffee or tea, but I do joust. Well, I did joust. Haven't done it for a while. And Charles, I thought for sure you were going to not guess that one. You were going to contradict what the state sport
0: is. Actually... Yeah, because I thought I was going to say lacrosse.
1: Right, right. So here's an interesting tidbit. The state team sport is lacrosse, but the state sport is jousting. And I don't remember the dates, but lacrosse didn't become the state team sport. They petitioned the whole time I was growing up jousting. They were petitioning to have it converted from jousting to lacrosse, but they didn't win. But they did get a little a little kudos in that it became the team sport. They created a new title.
2: Wait, so the last one was a lie?
1: Yeah, the last one's a lie. So you I do I drink
2: coffee?
1: No, I don't drink coffee. But that's the truth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh man, I messed them
1: all up. Oh god.
0: god. Yeah, that's what I was like. Wait. Record. <laughs> we can redo that one. We can just start over on Dana's.
2: <laughs> you to so, fact number four, Dana's not good at following directions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. No, it's fine. <laughs> we'll
0: leave that one in, actually.
2: Yeah. Oh
1: my gosh, that's <laughs> hilarious. It happens.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I was like, wait, so oh, they're no, all true? No, no,
1: no, wait. No, they're not all true. You guys had me convinced. The tattoo is false. All right, we, oh, n- re- we need to change d- that last part. <laughs> Like you said three. Yeah, the tattoo is false. You don't have a tattoo? No, I don't have a tattoo. Oh, okay. You reacted so in such a way that I thought for a minute that I did.
0: (laughs) Wow. You are like a master tricker. Yeah, I'm such a liar
1: that I had myself tricked. Oh my gosh.
0: Did you even write
2: a thesis on dolphins?
1: I did. I did. That part was true.
0: When you say you were a fan of, I I was anticipating like a, like Aerosmith tattoo or something. Oh, that could have
1: been, that could have been, I've seen Aerosmith live. (gasps) I think
0: you told me an Aerosmith story. Yeah.
1: That's for another time.
2: Wow. That was a really (laughs) convincing lie. Man, that was so convincing. I I fooled
0: myself. You know how close we were to just cutting this entire segment (laughs) (laughs) until you redeemed yourself.
2: (laughs) Oh, Lordy. Jenna, beat that one. Uh, Well, mine, mine aren't as like in depth and intrinsic Kit. Interesting and intricate. Intricate um, as your guys's. but I will go ahead and give it a try. Um, So fun fact number one, I do stand-up comedy in my spare time. Uh, Fun fact number two, I used to ride horses as a kid and won a couple of blue ribbons and such. Um, And number three, I have seen every single Simpsons episode ever.
0: Wow. Mm. I would say one and three seem to go together because I know you definitely do comedy. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would say you never rode a horse.
1: I'm going to go with number two. You never rode a horse. Yes. Okay. You were just trying to join into my jousting club. I know, right? No, I'm
2: actually (laughs) terrified of horses. So we'll we'll have to hang out. It's the opposite. I can help you overcome it when
1: I can't remember if I drink coffee or have a tattoo.
2: (laughs) Cool. I'll I'll drink a coffee and you ride a horse and <laughs> perfect, perfect.
0: Just don't spill your coffee riding the horse. Yeah,
1: yeah, that wouldn't be good. <laughs>
2: oh well, let's get
1: back to our work at hand. That was fun.
0: Before we get to talking about the food you can find on campus, let's do a quick pulse check.
1: Alrighty, the pulse check is where we dish out the details on the latest return to campus guidance. So if you want a quick listen of just the facts, the pulse check is where you will find all of the latest information.
2: The pulse check will evolve because eventually we all will have return to campus for the most part. Right.
0: And here's what you need to know as of our recording on July 9th. This is your pulse check. UMB has announced vaccination protocols for on campus students and employees. There are several key dates at play, so follow closely. Effective August 16th, all on-campus students or employees must be vaccinated to visit campus. Definitions of what is considered on campus, along with the list of consequences for not being vaccinated, is listed on the recovery website at www.umaryland.edu slash coronavirus. Click on the Return to Campus Guide. All on-campus students must show proof of being fully vaccinated by August 2nd or two weeks before the start of classes if their program starts at a later date. Students engaged in clinical or field site activities should note that external sites may have stricter vaccine roles than UMB. Being unvaccinated may impact the ability of a student to participate in activities at those external sites. Failure to complete the clinical or experiential portion of a student's education requirements will impact their ability to graduate. On-campus employees who are not vaccinated may be prevented from university-sponsored travel and will receive a below standards on their evaluation, among other consequences.
1: The COVID-19 Visitor's Guidance is now streamlined. An update issued July 1st removed the different classifications of visitors. The Visitor's Acknowledgement Form has also been removed, and sponsors are encouraged to keep a list of attendees. Visitors will follow the updated UMB policy on face coverings but will not be asked about their vaccination status, and it maintains a requirement to know. Notify the COVID Recovery Task Force for activities planned for groups of 25 or more. The entire
2: policy can be read on the recovery website. Faculty, staff, and most students don't have to complete the Safe on Campus daily symptom monitoring emails. This only applies if you are fully vaccinated. So if you have not gotten the shot yet, you will still need to fill out the daily form until two weeks after your final dose of the vaccine. The Safe on Campus emails will stop for those who are fully vaccinated and will take about 24 hours for you to be removed from safe after submitting proof. However, employees and students who self-reported vaccination information before June 14th may need to submit additional documentation. Fully vaccinated students at the School of Medicine and School of Nursing will need to continue to use the daily form only on days they visit an off-site clinical practicum site. You do not need to fill out the Safe on Campus form on days that you are working or learning remotely. For more information, check out the UMB Recovery website at umaryland.edu slash coronavirus. Then click the link to Safe on Campus on the left side of your screen. And that is your UMB Pulse Check.
0: All right, so let's get to the meat of this week's episode, and that's food on campus. So, Dana, Jenna, what would you two usually do at lunchtime in the office?
2: I would usually bring a lunch. Like, I would just do, like, a bag lunch or something, probably, like, leftovers. But then occasionally, um, we would order from, like, Grubhub or something like that, which was always fun. We'd, like, eat in the front conference room area, you know, just depending on the day. Yeah, same.
1: I would usually just pack some leftovers or a salad, something quick and easy. And I'm not a breakfast eater. So usually around mid to late morning, that urge hits. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that intermittent fasting time is wearing off. I need to eat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I haven't been in the office all that much because I started during the pandemic. And so um, what I would usually do is try to pack my lunch. And uh, if not, I would just try to visit somewhere nearby. And I've had the joy to at least check out Lexington Market, even though it's under construction. There are still vendors in there. And you can grab a nice, you know, sandwich, chips and drink if you need something real quick or a salad. Um, It's really cool to see the new one just rising up out of the ground. There's windows and brick on it already and and a roof.
2: Yeah, definitely have to check that out. I like pass it every time I come onto campus and I'm kind of like, wow, this is exciting.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I wish like, you know, now all this is like we're we're teleworking and eating at the same time. So some of us are hybrid. And so I've been trying to do better.
1: Get back into a routine,
0: right? So, so definitely more salads because I'm like, well, I'm not walking all that much now. That's true. So I just That's need to true. graze a little bit more.
1: Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see which restaurants from pre-pandemic are still up and running. hmm. Yeah, hopefully a lot of favorites.
0: Well, so speaking of that, so one of the big questions we have in our mailbag is about where students and employees can go to grab food on campus, and what will that look like as we transition back to campus over the next few months.
2: So we have a mailbag. It's
0: a digital mailbag. If you have have questions about the return to campus effort and new guidance, you can submit your questions on the UMB recovery website and the COVID recovery team will get them all answered. You can also submit questions to the podcast by visiting the website at www.umaryland.edu pulse. So,
1: Charles, we had a few employees asking about food and snack options in around their buildings. To get the answer, we enlisted our Director of Student Affairs, Bill Crockett, to get some helpful tips. He said if we see an empty vending machine or it's not working, we can simply contact Canteen Services. That's the company that actually operates the contract for those machines. So it's not going to be a person in our building who's going to fill them. Grab a pen, because I'm going to give you a number. You can call Canteen Services directly at 410 410- Six two six nine four zero zero. Now, if you can't remember that number, didn't write it down, no one in your office has it. You can also reach out to Raymond Dudek. He is the director of business services in the office of the provost. And if you notice any vending machine issues that haven't been fixed, please reach out to Raymond and he can get it, ta- get it taken care of. Do you two have a vending machine go-to snack?
0: Yes, Snickers. Because nice. I will turn into Betty White in a, in a hot minute if I don't have one. <laughs> Is this
1: a daily thing? A couple times a day?
0: Um, you know what? It depends how much I'm walking around the city. Once you start walking a few blocks, especially in the heat, you get a little hungry. Yeah. But ha- I and saw you're sp- not
2: you when you're hungry.
0: Exactly. I'm not. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you've seen this on the news, a, a new Snickers combo snack that someone has invented. I think it's called the Snickle. They're cutting a pickle and like carving it out and putting a Snickers inside of a pickle. Oh what? My gosh. Yeah. What? I, I don't know if I want to try it or not. I mean, it sounds interesting, sounds disgusting.
2: Yeah, what?
1: It sounds like I, I'd fair be willing food. to try it. I love If it's a dill pickle. Yeah. Co- Costco would, has a great pickle dip, by the way. Ooh. See, here actually, we are no, I've had that. Mom,
0: it's yummy.
2: I feel like I need to try that now because that's so bizarre. I, I know. <laughs> What? One of those
1: things that's so bizarre, it might be really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. something
0: salty, something sweet, a little sour.
2: Yeah, Jenna, well, like, how about? I you? like stuff like that. Where like, like, I'll put like peanut butter on a on a burger because I like this the sweet and salty mix. I, you're giving me a look, Dana. Like, but, it yeah, that's disgusting, but it's actually I've really never delicious. heard
0: of it do you put banana on it as well? Like, cause then it'll be like Elvis style, right?
2: I don't put banana, but they do, like, so I went to JMU and there was a local bar there that had an Elvis burger and it wasn't banana, but it was like peanut butter, mayo, bacon on a cheeseburger. And yeah, I know it sounds disgusting, but it's so freaking good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is that your go to snack?
2: Yeah. No, can, my, you, can you get that out in on the vending machine? If only they had them in the vending machines. No, um, no, my go to is usually, um, Either a Reese's cup if I'm feeling mm. sweet, um, or like sun chips or something if I'm feeling salty. It just all depends. Mm. But like sometimes when they have those like oatmeal cream pies, I always go for that. It's very rare though that I find them. Well, you guys, you guys
1: know your vending machines. I try to avoid them because they're a little addicting. So
2: yeah. Well, I <laughs> I live uh, in apartment buildings, so vending machines are always my favorite. <laughs> place to get food when well, I don't if, feel like yeah, running it's out good if you don't have snacks around yeah, yeah. my
0: apartment building had vending machines <laughs>
2: <laughs> so what about if I want to grab something like a little more than a quick snack on campus is the campus center still open for lunch options
0: Uh, right now the campus center is not set up for hot food like it normally is. So I'm sorry, Jenna, you can't get a hamburger with peanut butter on it at this time, (laughs) Darn (laughs) but here's something to look forward to. Uh, in late July, they're expecting to have coffee and pastries available again. According to bill, this will be all dependent on foot traffic in the building, which should be increasing over the next few months.
2: Right. UMB is doing a phased return to campus. So right now, the campus population is at about 50 percent for staff and less than 25 percent for students. But in the fall, with more people returning and classes starting up again, there should be plenty of people around to open back up for business. Oh, my gosh. Let's hope so.
1: If all goes according to plan, we should have at least 80 percent of people back on campus by the fall. So that would mean normal operations and hot food food service should be back in full swing. Um, In the meantime, there's plenty of other delicious options you can check out where do what what are your favorite places to grab a bite
0: well i earlier mentioned lexington market which you know is just really close by the other day i was hoping to actually check out there's a new pita place on the corner near the uh, student center mm, I see and that. you have to remember even though we're um winding back all the uh, protocols around the city you have to remember to still keep a mask on you because mm-hmm. the sign said you needed a mass denture because the business, you know, has a right, right to do right. that. And so I no PETA, so, no so I had to do pot belly, which is a good backup, too. Yeah,
2: that's a good backup. For sure, yeah. Um, I know that I don't usually go into the hospital uh, to check out their food court area, but I've been there a couple of different times pre-pandemic, and they have really, really great food options there, like a sandwich station. They have sushi, mm. like all this great stuff. Have you guys been in the medical center? I have to- not.
1: Yeah, I actually have. I used to work down that way in Shock Trauma, and um, that was a go-to because it's cafeteria food, mm-hmm. but it's their food is really great. It's a lot of home-cooked kind of comfort food. You know, you might get some baked chicken and mashed potatoes or macaroni and cheese, um, but they also have healthier options and, you know, more weight-conscious options that, that Great food. I would recommend it. No, not just a, Jello on a tray. No, not Jello on a tray. I don't know that I've ever seen Jello on a tray. I think actually, it's
2: just in the movies or in TV shows that the hospital food is just Jello
0: on a tray.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. Oh, and the grilled cheese, the cold grilled cheese. Yeah, that looks terrible.
0: So, if I want to check it out, how easy is it to find? Like, where do I enter the the hospital, and how far do I have to kind of walk once I'm inside?
1: Well, it it is a nice little walk. You go in the main front door, and you'll you'll pass by Obon Pan. Is that how you say it? The French. Yeah, there you go. And you pass the great cookie, which you can smell all the way down the hall. They have delicious warm cookies. And then you just head through that atrium area, which is a beautiful walk and it's enclosed, although you feel like you're outside because the the ceilings are so high and it's so well lit. Um, And then you get to the end of that hall and you will come upon the sushi place that Jenna mentioned, as well as the the more traditional dining area.
0: I have to check that out, especially during the summer, because it'll cut down on the hot walk.
1: Right, right. Yeah, you're inside for a good, part of it and like i said the food is just it's worth the walk it's really good
0: so, so. where else if, if you can't get to the hospital
1: yeah up on the me- north end of campus is um a part of Lexington market is Mem Sahib and that's a really nice indian restaurant we've mm-hmm. gone there a couple times for holidays you yeah. have to have a little time to sit down but they actually do a buffet that is delicious before i worked here i was had not been exposed to indian food a lot but it's a of great nice. place to venture in and and sample some different options that they have super nice people there too
2: yeah the last, actually the last time i went there it was like um it was, <laughs> we were celebrating uh the end of graduation and the commencements and everything. Cause we had worked really hard to take, you know, photos and video of everyone like celebrating, graduating, all that stuff. And I was doing whole 30 at the time. So like I had like a lot of like food restrictions and we went there. The owner so nice pointed out every single thing that I was like able to eat on my mm-hmm. like restrictive diet and stuff. So, I mean, not only is their food delicious, they are inclusive for like all different types of Dietary restrictions, and they're so friendly and so sweet and accommodating. So definitely check it out. Support a local business, all that. <laughs>
1: That's terrific. I mean, Another spot, Charles, that you wouldn't know about probably is um, down right on the plaza. You know, there's that park down there. There's a little, um, oh, what is that called? Cafe on the square it's right yeah i've seen that i've always wondered about them yeah they have it's real casual in there same thing super nice people willing to help willing to customize something for you but they also have ready-made salads and sandwiches so you can just grab and go Um, pre-pandemic they had a couple of small tables inside but truly if it's a nice time of year i just recommend grabbing something and heading over to the park get a little fresh air
0: yeah and uh We are in the CEC, actually the new CEC, recording this, which is so awesome. They have a wonderful space here. And thank you for uh, accommodating us. But they've done a lot with local restaurants too, right?
2: Yes, yeah. So uh, the CEC actually partners with a bunch of different local businesses and eateries in the area. Um, If you want to check out a full list of them, you can go to the um, Office of Community Engagement website and check it out. Uh, And a lot of times the local food businesses cater our monthly community meals at the CEC. So, um, you know, friends, neighbors, staff, students, everyone can come out, grab a free lunch, chat, socialize, and also, uh, have, uh, some local food and support a local business. Um, and then they have like all different types of vendors, um, with all different types of food. Like there's Mexican food from taco town. Mm -hmm. There's, um, uh, Jamaican food from, no, not Jamaican, I'm sorry, Haitian food from Sobiches, which is delicious. Definitely check out the website. There's lots and lots of great local businesses and eateries that we partner with.
0: Sounds like Epcot where you can just eat around the world. Right, it
2: yeah. does,
1: it does. And Jenna, didn't they have snowballs a week or so ago for? Yeah,
2: yeah, we had um, a local business uh, offer to just give us free snowballs because of the work <laughs> that we've been doing in the community. And it was like a really fun thing. Everyone could just come out and grab a free treat on a hot day. It
1: was awesome. And did I hear through the grapevine that right now they're
2: doing those meals two times a month? Yes, I believe so. So it used to be the last Friday of the month, but now it is, I think every other Wednesday is when we're doing it from noon to one.
0: That's great. Well, speaking of the Community Engagement Center, that's a perfect transition to tell you what's coming up on our next episode. We will be talking to the director of the UMB Community Engagement Center, Tyrone Roper. Tyrone will give us a rundown of how the center has been able to operate during the pandemic and what events and programming will be coming to the new Community Engagement Center building.
1: And if you have any questions for Tyrone or questions for us about COVID-19 guidance, visit our podcast page at www.umaryland.edu slash pulse.
2: And don't forget to help us spread the word about this new podcast by telling a colleague, telling a friend and uh, have them give us a
0: listen. Absolutely. And thanks for listening to the UMB Pulse. The UMB Pulse with Charles Shalie,
2: Dana Rampola, and Jenna Frick is a UMB Office of Communications and Public Affairs production. Edited by Charles Shalie, Sound Engineering by Jenna Frick, Marketing by Dana Rampola, Music by No Vibe, recorded in the University of Maryland Baltimore Community Engagement Center.